0: Yeah, what is going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of From My Experience Podcast. I am your host, Rob. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. I did have a crazy day today. Maybe one day down the line when I think it's funny enough and I get a couple of approvals, I will share this day with y'all because (laughs) it's a lot. But Um, I want to start by thanking you, our listeners, the people who are liking, sharing, following, subscribing. Thank you so much for continuing to support us, and thank you for continuing to support us by shopping with our affiliates, Garner's Garden, Acre, Gold, and Jot Forms. Don't forget that Linktree link is in the description. It is also on our Instagram page, and speaking of Instagram, FME underscore podcast, FME underscore podcast. Please make sure you are following us, liking those things, and interact with the comments, man. We ask questions about recent episodes, and we just pick your brains about different things, so we definitely want to hear back from y'all. Now, today, ladies and gentlemen, we got a guest in the building. So, one thing that I'm very proud of when it comes to this podcast is uh, outreach, and I don't know what I'm doing. I haven't figured it out yet, but I've had a couple people reach out wanting to be on the show, and that makes me feel good. So, this good brother reached out to me. I took a look at his page and what he was doing and some of the things he has going on, and I was like, he's a perfect fit. And he is going to share his story with you all today. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even gonna spoil it. I'm gonna let him tell you. I'm gonna let him do the talking. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Phil the Blurred Explorer. Thanks, thank
1: you. You're so beautiful. <laughs> what is going on, man? Not much. How you doing today?
0: Uh you know, life is life, you know. I, I I'll
1: be alright eventually. How are you, sir? Hey that. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, for those who don't know, I'm Phil. I go by the Blur Explorer. Uh I'm a travel Instagrammer. My Specialization is black travel and also dealing with nerd anime, uh comics, all that jazz, all that geek culture stuff. How long have you been into the nerd life, man?
0: Because I, I would say I'm, yeah. I'm light on the nerd stuff. I'm not as heavy into it as I was when I was a little younger. But you know, I still get right. in my anime. I, I still follow quite a bit of pages. I, I'm, I'm more heavy on the gaming side of things. Sure.
1: Same. I would say. I mean. Of course, you know back in the '90s, watch Dragon Ball, Pokemon. Yeah. But as you got older, you know, especially during middle school, the early mid 2000s, you had to keep it on the DL. Like you couldn't say that shit out loud, get, <laughs> or you would get roasted. Yeah. <laughs> you get roasted. Uh, of course, but when you got to high, when you got to college, like I'm in college, nobody's gonna care. Yeah. It was like you know. Uh. But yeah, so that's what my thing. So for those who don't know, uh, I wrote two books. I wrote. I started a series called the Black Traveler's Guide ebook series. Um it's really just any tra- typical travel guy, but it's really from a black perspective. Mm-hmm. And I wrote two books. I wrote my first book back in 2020 and my ne- second book I published uh, this year in uh, May 2021. Nice. nice. What inspired you? So
0: let me, let me go to the beginning of your journey. Sure. When did you realize, Hey, I'm ready to travel, get out here and see the world.
1: Mm, I always wanted to do it as a kid myself. Like, especially seeing the travel channels, seeing places people go to, seeing all the food and everything. Yeah. You know, this is, like, you know, before, like, in the days where, you know, you go online and, like, look at pictures of food and stuff like that, right? Um. And uh, to be fair, I've been to Germany but I was, like, six years old, so I don't remember much what happened there, so, of course, i never count that. Right. But that was my first tri- uh, trip abroad. So, and for me, at least, the only time I personally was growing up the only time I ever heard of a black person ever travel abroad via family member or friend. It was always through the military. Yep. Yeah. And would you say the same thing about you? Like,
0: yeah, same thing, man. Most most people I knew uh, traveled because they were in the military. Yeah.
1: Right. Military. Maybe it was like a business trip, but most more often than not, it's always military. The reason that I seen, ever heard a black person tra- going to say Japan or something like that. Yep. Yeah. And of course, I was wanting to go to Japan because I was love the anime, but I didn't know how to get there. And so around my last semester of college back in fall 2015, I was trying, you know, like, you're about to graduate college, trying to find a job, send out resumes, nothing's coming around.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I saw an ad about my university's job board about teaching English in South Korea. So I said, all right, I'll check it out. Wow. And so a few months later, I said, okay. Uh, and I showed up in in South Korea since May 2016. I've been here since. Oh, wow. So you, <laughs> you, you saw an opportunity, you
0: took it, and you've been gone ever since. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, was gone.
1: Man, I was trying to get out of south carolina man like there, there wasn't shit there oh I, wow I i'm
0: from south carolina yeah what part <laughs> spartanburg
1: okay i'm in uh Blackfoot, near columbia okay
0: i went to claflin down in orangeburg so
1: okay now i went through
0: okay Okay. Wow. Okay. My Carolina brethren. Yes, you were. I'm yeah, glad man. you said it. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. They love it or hate it, yeah. South Carolina is is, is, just, is just it ain't it.
1: Green. It shout out to good. Greenville.
0: Shout out to Charleston. But. Right. Yeah. I felt your pain.
1: Like, unless unless you're retiring, man. Like this this really ain't. South Carolina ain't it, man. Like <laughs> North Carolina, you got something. Yeah. Like, South Carolina, nah, ain't, they ain't nothing. And funny enough, True story. I remember. Um, I think it was around 2016. My homeboy Jamal. He was good. Like. He was like a brother to me. He was telling me, because we just finished college, we were trying to figure out what we are trying to do. And he decided to go to um, down to Florida mm-hmm. to continue his, his craft about uh videography because he does video editing and stuff. And he was telling me how his dad was telling him, like, get the hell out of South Carolina. they ain't shit here. Go do something else. <laughs> and now because of that, he left. Uh, recently, he was the camera guy for Florida State University for the sports team. Nice. And now he's up at uh, Virginia Tech. He just started a new job at Virginia Tech.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, doing
1: the same thing. So it's like, I mean, it's one of the scenarios, like, I mean, there's nothing wrong. Be- well, I believe is this. There's nothing wrong Be proud of your hometown, your home state. But sometimes, go live somewhere else. Like, go do other shit. You yeah. Just travel. And go live
0: Yeah, because I'm in the DMV area now, man. Um, I dipped out of there, uh, and I've been loving it ever since because I love the exposure. But uh, back to your experience, so what were some of the thoughts going through your head? Were you nervous about, you know, being a black man in South Korea? Mm -hmm. Like, were you worried about the language
1: barriers? Oh, very, of course. Like, especially, like, I mean, compared to, like, moving to the city or state, that's a different type of nervousness. I moved to another country. Right. Another, continent. So it was, like, extra nervous, like. Learning, like, things, you know, how am I going to pay? What's food like? Apartment, yeah. housing, all that, and they, all those things. Like, but times 10, especially for a hard language like Korean. Now, learning how to read Korean is much easier than it is to speak. Hmm. So it's much easier to learn the alphabet because actually, it's, it's actually a fascinating history behind it. Like, the king, uh, Sejong, like, who who founded a language, a a Korean, the language, of Hangul, Korean, the alphabet, at least. Hmm. He wanted to design a language to make sure everyone could learn how to read so it's possible learning how to read korean by just trying to speak it that's a whole know about art. so
0: okay so you you you're, you're still teaching english
1: yes uh i've been mostly working what we call hogwons or private after school english academies okay they're for profit doing like for-profit ver- version of like silver learning center they just two gotcha. places. so uh, that's what I did for most of the years, and I switched over, and I'm so upset about this, though, but I got my first public school job back in January 2020,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I got the job offer back then, because I, I was about to quit my a terrible job, which I'm pretty sure I was going to get fired, so I decided, okay, I'm going to go ahead and just bounce, just in case. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was excited, too. i like, oh, shit, I got a new city, new job, new city. 2020 is going to be the year. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that year. And then, of course, it was that year, but in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID, COVID met COVID did a lot. <laughs> oh, it fucked me up. Like, it's funny enough. Like, I moved to Incheon, uh, which is the lar- like third largest city near capital of Seoul, okay. in northwest part of Korea. And my job, I didn't, even t- I didn't teach for a whole year at my school at the job. It was, mm. it was interesting because I worked at a, like English center type of place mm. in a public school. So it's not your traditional elementary school type of lesson, I guess you could say. Right. We never opened up because of the pandemic, and I never got to keep my job, unfortunately. Like I just basically was stuck at home for like eight months.
0: So how did you how did you survive? You had money saved up. Did the country do no, something for that, the citizens?
1: That, that, no. Uh, so I still got paid, but I got seventy like percent of my salary as per per requirement by Korean Korean law. So I still got paid, but it wasn't as much I was making before. Mm-hmm. And of course, that hurt me a lot. And it kind of took, it kind of took me, taught me the fortunate lesson I should have learned by now. Like I should save my money. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm pretty sure. Like, I, like I'll be honest. Like even pre-COVID days, like, because here, I teach South Korea, one of the benefits is you don't pay rent in South Korea. Nice. As if you work at a Teacher. So honestly, as you can imagine, we got to pay no rent. All you got to pay is utilities, that's it. It's easy to blow your money. Like. You think, oh, I'm out of money. I got paid in like two days. I'll be fine. Right. Yeah. But then when COVID came around, I was like, okay, it's like, oh, shit, I really got to start doing better. <laughs> yeah, you
0: definitely need to budget, man. So yeah. how much, hmm, where am I going to take this? How much of the 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 blurred life and mm-hmm. blurred experience are you getting in Korea? Because I don't know much about Korea. I would think that Japan mm-hmm. is the place. I mean, eh, I don't know. Never been there. Yeah. So are you still getting some of those experiences you thought you were getting, some of the ones you were talking about, kind of like how you were growing up?
1: Yeah, anyway, sure. Um, I'm part of the Super Smash Bros. scene in here, Korea. Oh, okay. Also, I've been to the Pokemon tournaments here. Now, uh, South Korea never really had a Smash Bros. scene. I mean, you might find people who have like, uh, Smash Four on the Wii U, right? Yeah. But it wasn't until Nintendo Switch came out and Smash Ultimate came out, that's when the scene blew up. Like, that's when we started seeing more events, more tournaments,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which I miss dearly. And most, pretty much the main tournaments, the events were in Seoul. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start a tournament scene in Daegu, which is like the fourth number, yeah, fourth largest city. And I chose that. I started picking up because, like, and I also have, I had other, both natives, uh, expats and other koreans who came to the tournaments who were nice. happy about it because, um it wasn't as big i didn't have that much numbers that Seoul, but at the same time it's like hey it's more and everybody told me this this is much cheaper than going to seoul because it, it's like it's basically like you're going from a small town to it's like you for going from spartanburg to columbia for a weekend trip that's that's costing a lot of money
0: yeah it's a nice grip <laughs> so you yeah. brought game so you brought you brought the gaming scene to where you are
1: in the way it was at the time, yes. Yeah. Um, cool. And understand that was back in 2019, and of course, understandably, it's on hiatus for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure I won't be able to bring it back because again, it's there's no way, you no know was when we're able to do those type of events. And also, did I also participated for the first time while in Korea? I went to the Pokemon Sun and Moon like 3ds Pokemon tournaments. Like mm-hmm. I never done that before in America. And I went to the Pokemon Sword and Shield tournament. The first one, the very first one of the game, was in December twenty nineteen. And it had a both events, all, all events I had a great time. I met some friends. Met some, I was a really good friend of mine, Rachel. I met her. We've been a great friend since. Um you know it was a great it was a great time, meet people, play some battles, get some food, go home. And then that was the only off that was the first and only offline Pokemon tournament that's ever happened in Korea since then. Wow. there's been any, yeah cuz this was december 2019 yeah the next one i think was supposed to be around february or march if i remember the previous period experiences hmm. and of course i was excited for that but of course we know what happened why that got canceled
0: yeah. So you, you brought up a good point And actually, it brings me to my next question, because, you know, you sure. said part of your focus is to get more black people to want to travel. And you mm-hmm. just you hit the nail on the head with one of the one of the things you just said. I think one of the things that makes us apprehensive about traveling is, mm-hmm. you know, some of those barriers like language, money, food, but also like people. But y'all got to remember that people around the world do the same things we do here in america like if you're a gamer if you're a motorcycler if you're a rock climber if you're a jogger if you're a biker those scenes exist around the entire world and you know one of the things you could do i would recommend before i pass it back over to you is do your research like if you want to travel somewhere see if they have an event or something going on around some of your interests that way at a bare minimum, you know you're going to be around some like-minded people. and You'll probably find some Americans there somewhere.
1: Yeah, yeah. Agreed, for sure. Um, I also think the big reason why, you know, now, of course, we saw, like, during the mid-2010s, we saw a lot more Black con- travel content creators. Yeah. Now, my thing, reason I'm more focused on Black travel is because we lack representation in travel space, travel and tourism space. Like... We look at YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Most of travel content creators are usually from a white perspective, right? Mm-hmm. And and I always say is usually they have some great content creators, they have some great stuff. But when it comes to travel, the darker you are, you're gonna have a more different experience. Like that's just a fair fact. Like, especially when it comes to Asia. Like, take an example, like we go if you go to China, Korea, Japan, Thailand. Let me just be just like all foreigners get stared at. Like it happens to everybody. But the level of stairs intensifies the darker you are. Mm. It's just and I say I put this in my books, like for black people, you will receive more stairs than a white than a white person. It's mostly it's all out of curiosity. Yeah.
0: Cause they're not used to seeing you.
1: Yeah, they're not used to seeing you, No, exactly. Even in the big capital area, like it's not well okay, so not too bad. Because you got a lot of expats there. But when you get outside of the bigger city and more more less and you less expats, then you're gonna get more looks. It's again it's just that uh fascination is like, Oh my god, somebody's different because again, Korea, like most Asian countries, they're homogenous, everybody looks the same. Right. So uh you just wanna prepare for that, but at the same time it's like you can prepare but sometimes it's not going to be enough. Yeah,
0: you're right. Because, I mean, you know, (laughs) as black people, we already don't like people staring at us. Like, what you looking at? But, y'all, that's the other thing people need. We got to realize and know. And you can do this through research, y'all. You got to remember, America, everybody of every race, nation, creed is here. Like, when you go to the mall, you're going to see every color, complexion, height, weight, illness, all that stuff, everything. Um, but a lot of other countries just aren't like that. Like everybody looks oh, the yeah. same. <laughs> everybody looks the same. And there's a lot of uniformity too. Um, do you notice a lot of uni- yeah. uniformity around where you are? Like, uh, like as far as like, even just the way people travel, walk down the street, clothes they wear.
1: Oh, very. Uh, cause again, most, kind of like America where we're so individualism, individualism, where it's like all about me, me, me. Right. Whereas mm-hmm. in Asia, many Asian countries probably have Africa too, probably. Probably it's more collective. It's all about the community. It's all about the people. We try to make sure everybody helps each other. Like, it's all about the family, it's about everybody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so, like, for instance, like, Korea, um, most Koreans, they won't talk to a foreigner. Like, you know how in America, it's like, one thing I learned while living abroad, like, Americans, we are infamous for, like, our small talk. We'll, we'll talk to anybody. Yeah. doesn't We'll talk to anybody, and of course, like it's one of those jokes online. It's like, how do you spot an American? Them talking, somebody talking, somebody talking, smiling.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense, especially when we're nervous. Yeah. Definitely going to strike yeah, exactly. up a conversation. Yeah. All right, I got a chat. Yeah. I, I got a little bit of a challenge for you. Then I want you to talk about That's your books. True. Okay, so tell me something good, bad, and ugly about your traveling experiences.
1: Mm. Good. Uh good experiences made me appreciate and show me my privilege as from what being from a Western nation. Uh bad. I guess my my case, my visa expiring, and I almost got kicked out of the country. Yeah. Tell that story. <laughs> uh and ugly uh going to the Philippines but not pairing. Make sure I have my cars ready, my money ready. So that was my fault. Mm. Uh, OK, so the bad story about the visa. So this is why I started my previous job called ondong I started that job back in September 2019. And my visa expired back in September, around September 29th, I would say. OK. 2019, right? So uh, with immigration, every time you start a new job, you got to go report it, right? Right. That's, that's, that's how it works. But um, now, previous jobs... Usually when I started, about usually in the first week or two, I would go to immigration with the employer. But during my time there from September through December, my employer, she never took me to immigration at once. Now, of course, now to be clear, uh, you are responsible for updating your visas. Right. Like, when it comes to travel or working, make sure you're always on top of that. Yes, the employer is, is sponsoring you. They do have to, They they need to watch it too, but at the same time, you're still responsible. But anyway. Uh, I was going to Thailand for uh, New Year's vacation back in uh, around the last week of um, December 2019. I got to the airport, and I find out my visa expired by three months. <laughs> yeah. So thankfully, the, the airport, guys, this is at the check-in counter. Mm. But thankfully, they did, let me, they did let me leave so I can go home and go to immigration to take the paperwork.
0: Nice. I got
1: to the immigration the following day, and the immigration... Officer was being such an asshole, but I know he's just faking it because he's like, he's, just, he's basically that asshole is like, Oh, I got the power to so fuck you up. Yeah. So I get to be the smart, I can be the asshole. I can play the asshole. So I ended up paying almost a thousand dollar fine.
0: Oh yeah. no!
1: And I had to use my next paycheck. Like, okay, so my plan was when I got to, so I went to uh, immigration. I think the following day was on a Monday, right? I was supposed to get paid that Tuesday, the following Tuesday. Yeah. When well, my boss sent me that paycheck early, so I could pay the fine. I ended up paying eight hundred dollars, and my boss paid the rest of it, two hundred. Yeah. And then, of course, at that time, I realized, okay, I was like, if my boss, if she wasn't doing her deal, and just make sure her employees are on top of the visa. Did that mean you don't care? Now, of course, I'm taking. Of course, I'm responsible. It's my fault. I got in the situation. Yeah. But at the same time. You're the you're sponsoring my visa. You could get in a lot of trouble for this shit. Yeah. So I said, so that's why I decided, to say, okay, I'm gonna start looking for another job. And I thought at the time things could not possibly get any worse. Mm-hmm. So I let, quit that job to go teach in John at the elementary school. And of course, we know happened few few weeks later in January 2020, February, March 2020. We all know what happened next. Yeah. Jeez, man, damn. Well, I'm glad. One thing to know, when you're traveling or working abroad, stay on top of your visa. Stay on top of that (laughs) shit. Don't play with that. Yeah. (laughs) Do not play with that. Yeah. And also, I think living abroad has shown me, it's really, really shown me what people, both legal and illegal document workers, people who come to America, I I finally understand what's the struggle, what's like to deal with immigration. Yeah. Oh. Like doing the paperwork, make sure you got all your documents. Hoping the guy you don't get that at one asshole of an immigration employee, or hoping they're having a they're on the having a good day, and not having a bad day, because it could really mess you things up. Dang that.
0: Yeah. Oof. Well, I'm glad you made it through that situation and you're here. Yeah, <laughs> that could have turned yeah. out crazy. God, eight hundred dollars. Yeah. Sorry, I'm still feeling that, even though I didn't pay. I feel like I did the way you just told that story. Yeah. Whoo. Okay, yeah, <laughs> so okay. Uh, I only got a couple more questions for you.
1: Um, yeah, sure enough, please, sure. one
0: tell us about both
1: of your books. Hmm. So, my two books the first book was written during COVID when during last summer called the Black Charles Guide to Inchon Inchon I N C H E O N. It came and the Black Tribe's Guide to Daegu, which was open Daegu D A E G U, which came out this year, Mark May twenty twenty one. Uh both books is more one of those scenarios like instead of complaining and hoping and wishing that somebody would make this type of travel content, I figure, why don't I try it? Nice. And it's like, okay, it's one of those scenarios instead of like complaining and whining, it's like, okay, I was just doing my damn self. Like.
0: Yeah, kinda like and... how my podcast is, yeah.
1: yeah <laughs> exactly. And so I decided to give it a shot. Now, the first book, of course, is more a test run. See if this kind of, these two books, they more kind of a trial run. Uh-huh. See if there's kind of demand for this type of content, people really enjoy it. Yeah. And so far, I have positive feedback. People are definitely interested. Uh, so I'm definitely going to probably mostly continue this side hustle with Safe to Travel.
0: Ooh, okay. Dope, dope,
1: dope. Which,
0: um, which book was easier for you to write, the first one or the second one?
1: Um, I think the second one. Uh, in some instances, because it's more like, probably just like for you, for example, like when you start your first podcast, you know what you're doing. This is your first time. Thanks. But then when, later on, as you got better with the episodes, like, okay, I know what to do, how to do better, what can I do better this time, things I want to try to do better, what to improve, what to fix. And so that's what I did. Uh, of course, at the same time, now I can only sp- I spent a very limited amount of time in Daegu because I didn't live there at the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I only went when the cases were low when it was safe enough to travel to to travel. Gotcha. To the city to do research. So gotcha. You know, I had to I do my due diligence, had to be careful, had to plan my timing. Nice. And so okay. well, my next plan I actually plan to write about a book about South Korea as a whole. Okay. Uh my original plan ne- next week and the following week, I was supposed to go to multiple cities to start research, but because of very recent high case numbers at the time of recording I had to lay low. I got to lay low. Choose one
0: city to stay with for now. Yeah, I I, I pray that you stay safe over there, man. Because, yeah. yeah, they're they're starting to talk about this, quote-unquote, Delta variant of COVID. I teach, too. Yeah, so I'm going to school. I'll go back to work in about two weeks from the date of this recording, y'all. Uh, I don't know when y'all are going to hear this, but right now it is early August. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm worried. I mean, I'm, I'm fully vaccinated. Yeah. I got fully vaccinated because where I live there are... I teach kids, and I'm around people from all yeah. around the world. Like, when my kids say they're not coming back for two weeks, it's because they're going to another country and then coming back. So I'm like, alright. Right. I didn't want to get vaccinated, but I'm like, my level of exposure, potential exposure, is too high for me not to. So I did. Right. Um, no, no.
1: no. Man, I got you. Um, Now, the vaccine rollout began this year, I would say, early this year, for mm-hmm. Korea. Of course, like probably just America. Only... Uh, male professionals and you know, milk and other people went first. Now, this time, now, uh, teachers like me, like we public school teachers, particularly, we got it's our term. So, I got my first dose of the Pfizer back in July 30th.
0: Okay,
1: I'm getting my next one in the coming two weeks. Did you have any symptoms? No, for me personally, aside from a sore arm, that's about it. Yeah,
0: hey, I had a that sore arm prepared. and drowsiness. Yeah. And I was hungry as hell, man. Like, like I've been ravenous, dude. But other than that, just the drowsiness and just being really hungry, that's all I got. And yeah, the sore arm, for sure. It's still sore. I just got mine uh, Tuesday this week. So it's still sore.
1: Nah, uh, so I'm good right now. Uh, Just to be clear, pretty much listening, uh, symptoms vary from person to person. So don't take my word for it, of course, please. (laughs) I'm not
0: an expert. <laughs> yeah, y'all. It, it's different for everybody. Like, my mom is a senior citizen. She got both of hers, and she said she had zero symptoms. She said her arm wasn't even sore. I was like, "Let me get some of your uh, let me get some yeah. of your good juju over here, mom." Um, last question I got for you, man. Sure. What are your future plans? Um, you know, one as far as relocation, if you want to relocate, and two, do you ever plan to come back to America?
1: Uh, me? No, I don't plan on moving back to the U.S. anytime soon. Um, I just love the idea now. It's like, now that I live abroad, it's like, I could literally go anywhere else in the world. Like, why should I to stay in one place for the rest of my life, you know? Of course, I'll come back to visit family and such, but it's one of the scenarios is like, when you have a taste of something, it's like, there's something better. Yep. It's like, why do you want to go back to this? Like, for example, it's like, okay, you have, I don't know, five guys water Whataburger, right Yeah. You eat that it's like, why well, don't want to go back to McDonald's and Burger King. I guess something better.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can feel you on that. What about next moves as far as um countries?
1: Uh, countries, now nah, I'm probably going to say for the next few years right now. Uh, my goal right now, I guess you could say, is I see my opportunity right now. I am I teach in countryside elementary school right now, so I see the opportunity as a way to save a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And I got a pretty good gift. Probably one of the best positions of teaching in Korea right now. So, got a great school. Kids love me. Staff seems cool with me. So, I'm out to ride this as long as I can, really. Yeah. Hey, listen,
0: <laughs> ride it out. Trust me. I, my living conditions yeah. are really good right now, and I plan on riding it out um, as long as exactly. I can, unless something
1: changes. I'm out there like, hey, take advantage of what you got right now. Because, especially now during COVID, it's like, I probably won't find anything better right now after this, or if a leave right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So stick with it, man. Um, thank you for joining me, man, and, and sharing your experience. Uh, where can they find your book? And do you have any future projects coming anytime soon?
1: Yes. So, um, Black Charles Guide to Incheon, I-N-C-H-E-O-N and Daegu, D-A-E-G-U, Black Charles Guide to Daegu. Both books are available now on Amazon, ebook formats only. If you want to see my adventures, follow me on Instagram at the Blurred uh, TheBlurredExplorer. And if you got ever got any questions about travel or whatnot, just uh, DM me and I'll try to answer them.
0: I'll definitely put all of that stuff in the description, man. Thank you so much for joining us um, and reaching out. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing your experience. You've actually sparked a little more interest in me getting out there and traveling especially as a black man um and i definitely want to do that so thank you again for joining us um and ladies and gentlemen thank you for continuing to support the show all of the information about where you can find phil's books will be in the description his instagram will be in the description and of course our information will be in the description as well phil you got any last parting words for the people uh if you want to travel
1: go where you want to Everyone's travel story is going to be different So do what you want to do, alright Have a good time, just safe Watch your hands, get the vaccine Peace
0: There you go ladies and gentlemen Until next time, take care of yourselves Physically, mentally, financially And we will catch y'all next time, peace